um, you know, we all have our own unique story. Mm -hmm. Our path, you know, is our own unique path. No one else has been on that path. So it's important that you tell your story because your story is going to be different than anyone else's. Yeah. Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo. And every episode, we get into what has made our guests vulnerable and how they've learned how to own their awkward in order to live their best life. Stay tuned so you can hear every awkward moment in today's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Awkward. If you're watching, I'm sure you can see the smile on my face because I am super excited today. I say that all the time, but I just, I love doing this. But today's guest is extremely special to me, uh, Maria Wolf. Maria is not only an amazing and accomplished musician, she's family because she's my cousin. So who knows what's going to come out of the vault in this episode. So Maria, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me. I've been really excited about this. Yeah, I me too. And it's so funny because we both got on the call and for the people, you know, you all weren't here, but we're both like, do we mention we're cousins? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, there's just so much good stuff to talk about. So we're going to dive right in. Maria, I know that you uh, pay attention to what's going on. So you know how this goes because you said you've been listening to some of these shows lately. Mm-hmm. So I got to know what's the most positive thing you see out there in the world today? Well, that's a great question um, because we've gone through so many changes. You know, we've we've gone from polar opposites with what's happening in the world the last few years. And um, one of the things that that I see is with my artist community, especially here in Olympia, there's like this resurgence of activity and just joy of gathering and being together. And I think about before COVID, there's so much going on, life's busy. And I think about times when I might have the opportunity to go see someone play, you know, play some music or be doing their craft. And I think, I'm tired. I'll stay in. I'll catch them next time. And then we went through this period of shutdown and the art just kind of stopped, at least public performances and all that. Mm -hmm. And now it's happening again. And people are just so happy to go out. And it's so exhilarating to go out and support each other and just get to talk with each other. And there's just this joy of community um, that is out there right now. Um, at least in our little neck of the woods here in Olympia. And I just so, I just so appreciate that. And it's something that at some point we kind of have taken for granted in the past because we didn't think it could be taken away like it literally was for, you know, at least two years. Mm -hmm. And so there's this gratitude for being able to, um, you know, do our art, being able to support each other, going out and seeing friends. Um, and it's just really, really nice feeling. Yeah, I, I I really echo that. It's, you know, there's that whole absence makes the heart grow fonder. You don't know what you have till it's gone. All of the, the old adages that we've heard forever. And then all of a sudden, everything's gone. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And and I don't even know that we really noticed how much we were missing certain things until, like you said, now you're back in the room and it's like, like it was too easy to just be like, nah, I don't feel like going out tonight. Or I, I went to a thing last week. I don't need to do it all the time. And I was like, I don't know how, you know, I could miss this. It's like, it could be taken away so quickly for any reason outside of world pandemics that apparently happened, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's, there's just, like I said, this gratitude for the opportunities to just come together and support each other. Now I have a, a a, a question about that. So when you have re-entered this world of being back out there with a lot of the artists and people, and I'm sure there's some that you reconnected with and some new ones, have you found that having that time apart and now this new way of re-entering the scene, has that changed the dynamic in the relationships or the way people are interacting on a different level afterwards? Mm. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I know one of the things that that has changed is um, people were really proactive when the the gigs and concerts all went away. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who, um, 
kind of design their own programs. You know, we have Zoom and right. you can do a Facebook Live, but there are people who created these apps mm -hmm. um, where performers could live stream, but then it could also accept donations. Okay. So like if you're on Facebook and they're doing, let's just say it's like a Facebook Live, you can watch it, but then you can press a button to say, give them $10. Oh, nice. So, um, these artists were able to create performance opportunities and still, you know, sustain themselves financially. Um, right. So things like that are kind of still happening. You know, mm -hmm. some people are still doing, you know, these broadcasts. I know there are there are musicians in New York who do broadcasts every Monday night from their apartment. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and then they invite other musicians to perform with them. So in essence, they've created a virtual performance space. Mm -hmm. Yeah and, so, and, yeah. yeah, and it's so great because now, you know, we could be in Washington and watch someone in New York and they're, they're able to expand their audience. And that's one thing that I remember saying during the time of lockdown and, and, and related to especially restaurants or any type of business where you have a business model that's not available anymore or a way to earn a living and you're forced to learn another way around it and forced yes. to learn how to get by. And the people who were the most creative in those situations can now come out of that situation and take the new way that they learned how to do things and bring back the old way and incorporate those two together. And now you're even stronger than you were before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's one thing that I've noticed that that is new is that you might get invited to a gig but the gig might be in someone's living room <laughs> rather than, right. oh, it's at the coffee shop down the street. Yeah. So and that's that's been interesting. And it's interesting, like people who are following us or who get to know us, when you are in that space where they're seeing you in your living room, it, it's, it's easy to forget when you're just doing your thing, but they feel like they're getting an intimate look at your life or they're getting to know you better or that you're letting them in. Like us watching you right now, for people who are just listening to this, Maria is sitting in her studio and you can see the, yes. the planning calendar on the wall, but even more exciting, the drum set right behind her mm -hmm. and the, the sound yeah. panels. So it gives you that feeling of this is that space where you live and work. Yeah. Yeah. And to add to that question, the other thing is just the live performances in people's homes, mm -hmm. you know, not even with that broadcasting element, but I just did a house concert this last weekend. Oh, wow. Um with someone who hosts annual concerts and that's kind of a grassroots thing because there unfortunately there are businesses that used to host live music regularly that didn't survive the pandemic unfortunately yeah. they just had to close or the places that have survived you know their budget is still really tight so they can't afford to pay artists yeah. um but then people will say, well, I have a, a grand piano in my living room and I have enough space. I'd love to host a concert, Okay. Um, which I think is really wonderful because you have this patronage for the arts and it's happening in people's homes. Yeah. And you get that intimate, um, you know, that intimate setting, like at this this performance this last weekend, we played and then we had our break and everyone was standing around in the kitchen. It's visiting, yeah. <laughs> Eating hors d'oeuvres, and then you get to visit with people where if you're in a large club, it's loud. You might not get to talk with the audience. Right. Yeah, and um, also, so that's great. it is, and I think also to, to tag onto that, when you're in in a venue, I think people have this hesitancy to come up and speak to the performers. Like, they don't want to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt your setup or your, your downtime between things. I want to give you your space and don't always realize how much you want you know you enjoy that sometimes that oh hey i love this or what is that what is that instrument you're using over there i've never seen one of those and it's it's exciting because it shows people are interested but when you're in that that home space that has like you said that just drives that yeah it's nice you know typically um at a venue people will come up and you know it's loud or they don't have a lot of time so they'll give you a compliment which is really great Mm -hmm. And that's about that's about it. But, you know, at this last performance, I met someone who's currently next door neighbors with someone I used to grow up with in Aberdeen, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, uh -huh. and making that connection. Um, a lot of those connections, like different degrees of separation of people we know or yeah. Yeah, they can ask those deeper questions to, you know, ask about the types of instruments we're playing, how long we played all that. So, yeah, it's great. such a fun game to play with the. Uh 
how are we connected? And and especially when you accidentally find out, you just through a conversation also, it's like, wait, how how do you know them? Or you're from there? Maybe you know so-and-so. And yeah. That's amazing. That's cool. So Maria, you're here because uh, it's time to pick on you as if we didn't, you know, have enough time growing up to pick on each other. Not that we did that a lot, but uh, we got to know what's that awkward thing you've had to own in order to do what you're doing today. Sure. Well, um, you know, one of the things uh, I've really had to just break through in the last few years is um, kind of overcoming self-doubt um, mm. or feelings of inadequacy, um, especially with my desire to want to create an online presence and particularly start a YouTube channel, um, which is ironic because um, in the community, I'm a very well-respected musician and educator. And I'm actually known nationally because of my connections. Yet for some reason, I have been just so hesitant and almost afraid to put myself out there. Mm. Uh, almost like, you know, I'm like this timid little child. <laughs> uh, you know, and just thoughts of what do I have to offer that's different than anyone else? Like what value do I bring um, the internet, <laughs> you wow. know? which is literally the entire world because you think, I can look and say, gosh, there's so many people teaching drum lessons online. I would just be white noise. Mm. Um, you know, why, what, what am I going to offer? Um, but I've just, I've heard some great things from mentors and, um, you know, kind of self-empowerment programs I'm a part of. And um, a quote that has really stuck with me was something to the you know extent of don't be afraid to tell your story because you never know who's watching and being inspired by you yeah and that really resonated with me um because you know i have you know you see so many people doing the same thing yet there's someone who you connect with because their story is similar to theirs right. i know there's probably young girls out there who are wanting to play the drums and, and maybe are looking around and saying, well, I'm the only girl in the percussion section. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. I feel kind of lonely, but they say, wow, look at, there's a woman who's playing drums and she's done it her whole life. That and is she's awesome. Rocking it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the other thing is, um, you know, we all have our own unique story. Mm -hmm. Our path, you know, is our own unique path. No one else has been on that path. So it's important that you tell your story because your story is gonna be different than anyone else's. Yeah. You know, there are so many comedians, <laughs> but <laughs> right. if you told the story of how I took that step and finally, you know, I became a comedian or, you know, mm -hmm. a self-help expert or motivational speaker, your story is unique to you. Right. Um, and so it, it is really important to, to tell your story. Um, because that's that's what you have to offer, <laughs> you know. It's, it's you. Um, and one of my mentors um, said so another thing that resonated. He said that if you keep your your knowledge and your experiences, you keep them to yourself or in your safe little community. It's really kind of selfish mm. because yeah. you're not you're not sharing it. You're not letting anyone else in on what you've learned. But if you put it out there and share it with the world, whatever the opposite of selfish is, <laughs> altruistic, right. um, you know, you're, you're enlightening the world with what you have to offer. Um, so those kind of things um, really resonated with me. Um, and then just getting, um, you know, motivational talks from friends and saying, just do it. Don't don't try to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Don't wait until you've perfected the video or your lesson. Just put it out there and and start. Um, yeah. and I was also process. Yeah, I was also so overwhelmed with thinking, okay, there's so many steps I have to do. How do I do that? And that's when I called my good friend, my cousin Andy. <laughs> uh, that was yes. It, it was, was probably cool. about two hours, two hours, two years ago. Yeah. And I said, Andy, I need help. <laughs> I've <laughs> got, I've got all these goals, all these things I want to do. And I cannot for the life of me, you know, mm -hmm. make a, put a plan together. So that's when I, here's a plug for Andy. <laughs> so that's when I called you and say, how would you like another client? Yeah. Um, and so and we I, I have to tell you, that was like one of my favorite calls because, <laughs> oh my gosh, Maria's calling me. And, you know, you're always marketing yourself and stuff. But then when it's 
friends and family that come to you, it's like, oh gosh, I really don't want to let this person down. Like, it's <laughs> not that not that I ever want to let anybody buddy down, but you know, when it's like, someone you, you have not. to you have to see me every year at the holidays. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I can say like, I want my money back, buddy. <laughs> right, it's like this never happened. What went wrong? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just I really appreciated um, the help you gave me, which was really we sat down and you know, we mapped things out. You look at, okay, well, where is it you want to be? So let's look at, you know, the steps it's going to take to get there. You know, then let's make a schedule. Let's make a plan. Step one, step two, step three. And it was a lot of work. Um, it was like, okay, video equipment, recording equipment, you know, who's your target audience? <laughs> How do you use all this stuff? <laughs> yeah, do all that. And so, Nothing else, just sitting down with someone, you know, whether you are a professional, you know, mentor, life coach, helping me, helping me take these steps or just a friend saying, oh, that's a neat project. Why don't you go for it? Um, yeah. And, and then getting over that, the biggest hurdle was just getting over my fears mm -hmm. and just doing it. And it was scary. The first videos I put up were just recordings of performances I've already done. Comments turned off. <laughs> I'm like, safe, I don't want to hear what people have to say. <laughs> right. Um, and then I started to put my lesson videos up and it has been, I could say probably 99.999% positive experience. Um, I was really afraid of trolls. <laughs> right. Or the the know-hows that well you know you realize you're holding the sticks wrong and you know I can do that that's not that impressive, but I was very pleasantly surprised to learn that majority of the people out there this is at least on YouTube and I guess my demographic that's watching my videos they want to share positive sentiments. That's good. Yeah. They they want to say this has been really helpful for me or I think this is great. Um and I had I'm slowly enabling comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and and I even had someone like a video that I eventually turned the comments on thanked me for enabling comments because they were grateful for the opportunity to say thank you this video has really helped me. Wow. And I had other people actually request that I turn the comments on from for some of the other videos, which I don't know, because sometimes it's like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is powerful, though, because to hear to hear that not just did they comment, but they were eager to comment and looking forward to it. And then gracious, like that you like it was important to them to give you the feedback and the good feedback. Yeah, and I'm I'm also open to back and forth conversation. I know it's kind of awkward if you're just commenting back and forth, mm -hmm. but sometimes people will uh, ask questions mm -hmm. or they'll say, "I'm trying it, but it's not working." Okay. Um, there are people who were kind of trolly, <laughs> uh -huh. but you know sometimes it's hard to read tone, and they might sure. not have been trying to insult. Um, and, you know, there's some people who don't listen to the whole video and they'll say, well, you realize it doesn't work if you do it like that. But they didn't listen to at the end of the video when I was saying, make sure you do it like this, because otherwise it doesn't work. Gotcha. Yeah. Things like that. Um, but I appreciate how, um, you know, there's been some enlightening conversations within the comments. And really what it has created is a community of enthusiasts for what I do. Um, wow, and that's really, that's really what I had to be open to and not be afraid to, um, you know, allow that to happen. Yeah. So and you can also just delete if a comment is really like inappropriate, yeah. you just go boink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's that point where you have yeah. to decide, um, cause any, any activity is helping the algorithm. So it's helping you get out there. Yes. And sometimes it's like, uh, I didn't really want to get out there. So I just got uh, this far. Right. But, but yeah, there is that line where you, okay, do I engage? Do I not? One of the things that you mentioned though, this have that you engage and have the conversation. I know there are times where I have not commented because maybe it's already been asked or questioned in the comments or, or answered, uh, but 
I have read the dialogue that's happened in the conversation and it's answered something that I had on my mind where someone says this and I'm like, oh, let me see what Maria replied. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense now or that answers that. And so having that conversation a lot of times is it's more important than just that one person. Like you said, it's that whole community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm starting to read read books about how to um, facilitate these positive communities. There's a book called Super Fans. Mm -hmm. uh, and it talks about if you start to get kind of a legion of followers, they'll actually protect you. Right. <laughs> and so if a troll yeah. insults you, sometimes they'll step in and say, well, on the contrary, this, that, Sure. You want to make you sure listen that... to the whole video, obviously. <laughs> exactly. Or you want to make sure that those people aren't being appropriate, saying, "Well, why don't you just go?" You know. Right. Yeah. So. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so two things I just got to get. I got to jump in on here because um, going back to when you first called and were like, "I have this vision." <laughs> to me, that was so eye-opening because one thing, for one thing, it was this is so cool that you're calling me. And then the the flip side was, how did I not know like what your dreams and aspirations are? But I don't know that was so many of sometimes even like my siblings or close friends where it's like, oh, there's this thing they want to do. And we don't even know what's in the back of people's heads sometimes. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like looking at you thinking at the time, it's like, well, Maria's career is on fire. She's, um, you know, with the jazz, the woman's jazz organization and heading that up. And she's all over performing and she's uh you know teaching at the school and and it's like there there can't be room for any more things that you want to do or that you're not feeling fulfilled with because the outside perception is wow just everything's there and so when you share that there's this thing I want to do I'm like oh gosh you know how did I not know that and mm -hmm. it's a good reminder to to pay attention to the people around us and be open to you know people can have things in the back of their head or their mind that are kind of burning to get out um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, um, and then have, having it, you know, be ready to like come forward for you to say that you had that hesitant hesitancy, because I saw you the way you were describing yourself at the beginning of the video, like nationally renowned. Anytime people's like, oh yeah, you know, Maria is like the big deal in the music industry. Like, like this was, you know, the commentary, uh, in the area and with, with people that know you. And, and so to hear you say, I'm nervous about doing this. And it's like, why? Like, cause it's so obvious from the outside that there should be no hesitation, but with ourselves, we all create that dialogue. So I'm curious, was there any, was there a moment or a thing or something that really made you realize that disconnect between how you were perceived and how you were perceiving yourself? Um, you know, I don't know. That's that's something that I think has become more apparent to me in the last few years, and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like I used to be a lot more confident. Um, and, you know, I think it was really something's different when you put yourself on camera on the internet I right, think. Yes. as opposed to, you know, being on a stage. Maybe it's because there's a physical distance or there's something about in real life um there's there's comfort in um it's familiar sure um but you know putting yourself out there and, and you have made a tremendous life change in the last i don't know how many years it's been now five yeah, years seven years now actually seven years yeah. um you have put yourself in the spotlight and that requires a tremendous amount of self-confidence um, and so maybe that's it is, is in the past, I've always been a part of a group. You're a group on stage, oh, sure. but here, what I'm doing right now, it's just, it's just me. Wow. Um, and then, you know, there, there's can be a lot of stuff, you know, we can get really deep with <laughs> personal things, but honestly, one of the things that had changed to me is I had, I had gained some weight. Mm. And I'm not afraid to talk about this because I think we all we all fluctuate from time to time. Yeah. But that was actually affecting my self-esteem. Mm -hmm. um, and I did not feel good about the the way I looked. And that actually then translated, you know, beyond that. It's like I didn't feel as comfortable playing my music in front of people. Wow. I was just yeah. not comfortable with myself. 
Um, and so I just decided I had time during lockdown. I was really bored mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to just prioritize my health. So I changed my diet and nutrition and I got a fitness coach and was able to change my body composition to just feel healthier. And that gave a tremendous boon to my Mm self-esteem. And that can really affect so many things in your life. Oh, definitely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm I'm kind of not really answering your question. No, it it is. Because I, I think there's there's sometimes when we notice that things are out of whack or out of alignment or just not feeling right, I think sometimes we look for the one thing, but then all of a sudden it's like, no, it's just kind of everything or it's it's all these things are feeding into each other and maybe some are symptoms and some are causing the symptoms and some are coping mechanisms. But mm-hmm. like once we decide to make that change, it's like, well, now I got to clean this up and now I got to mm-hmm. deal with that stack of stuff over there and the space yeah. I'm again, I want to, you know, just, it all kind of coordinates I think yeah and so part of it kind of comes down to just self-love right <laughs> you know loving yeah. yourself and then taking care of yourself and so that can translate into taking care of your diet taking care of your physical health whatnot that doesn't even have to be in the extreme it just means I care about myself enough to not let myself go <laughs> any further right um, the other thing is I think just being an artist and being a professional artist I have a high standard for myself Mm-hmm. So I can really be in my bubble and I think, well, I'm not where I want to be. You know, I'm still going to keep trying to improve. See, yeah. I have a different perspective on where I am at than the outside world. Sure. So there is that disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the general public might, might see me as up here, like this upper echelon. And I see myself as, yeah, I still have, I still have a long ways to go. Yeah. So I think it's important to find that balance of, um, Yes, I, my goal is to always be improving. You know, I still have goals on where I want to be in my career, but to have that perspective and, and, you know, take a step back and look at what I have achieved and feel good about it. I think about if you were climbing the stairs of a pyramid and you're just looking at the steps in front of you and you're thinking another step, another step, or you're looking up and you see so far you have to go and you think, I just am not accomplishing much. But when you take that other perspective and look behind you and you see, you know, you're half a mile up in the air, the other people see you that half a mile up and say, wow, but you see yourself as I'm just still trying to go up these steps and look how far I have to go. Yeah, that's such such a a good visual. I love that. Yeah. And so it's, you know, some people use the term perfectionism Mm -hmm. as being detrimental. and I don't know, I think if they say perfectionism as something that is debilitating or prevents you from doing anything because you fear you're not perfect. For me, I might be a perfectionist in that I want to achieve perfection in what I do, but it's not at the detriment, you know, mm-hmm. I still take chances. Yeah. Um, there is probably a little bit of that in my hesitancy in putting myself out there on YouTube and social media. Um, But I also have life experience of just facing my fears, um, not fearing failure and just going for it. Right. Now, when you, do you remember what it felt like when you actually pushed the button on uploading that first video and not just the easy video that was like, I'm comfortable with this performance because Everyone applauded me. But the first one where you're like, I'm making this thing just to put on the internet. Do you remember Um, what it felt like? That was probably the first lesson video, instructional video, because there's a lot of comfort I have. I feel very comfortable playing my drums because it's my thing. Sure. Um, And so putting those, the first videos I put up were just kind of performance ones to pad it. Mm-hmm. It's the lesson video where it's like, well, here I go. Um, they're either going to love it or hate it right. um, or just pick it apart. Um, you know, it really is kind of like growing up at Black Lake. <laughs> we, were, we were talking before we started this, our summers at Black Lake together. Yeah. And you really want to go swimming. You really want to go swimming. But it's that time of the year where it's cold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in about 10 minutes, 
it's going to feel fine, but you have to jump in first in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> so you could either walk in with your toes or you go out to the dock, <laughs> say, let's hold hands, plug our nose and jump in. Mm -hmm. So it was wow. kind of like that. Well, let's just jump in. It might hurt at first, but I think then we're going to get used to it. Yeah, um, that's a really good way of thinking about it. Yeah. Sorry. Now I'm just picturing the lake. So my head. Yes. Like, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean when when yeah. you know it's going to be cold. But you know if you can just get through. I should write this down. What a great analogy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you get through that initial shock. You know when you're going to be cold, but then you're then you get used to it, and then it's great. Then, yeah, you're, then you're having fun and you're splashing and yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's such a, that is, that is a really good visual. And it's true because you have to want the other thing bad enough to deal with whatever that thing is you have to get through. So yeah, you get through the cold because you know how fun it's going to be. You know that you're going to enjoy the time in the water, whatever it is you're doing. And so once you, once that desire is big enough, or sometimes I think sometimes the fear of what's going to happen if you don't do it. You know, True. Like, like yeah. If you don't make the change, you're going to be stuck in the same place. And if that's scarier to you than doing what you need to do to make the change, mm -hmm. that's where the motivation comes in. Yeah. And there's there's um, something to be said for just um, there's another saying. It's from a book I can't recall right now. But every action you take is a vote for the person you want to be. Oh, I love that. So if I want to be a professional educator. Mm -hmm. I need to do the things that a professional educator does. If I yeah. want to be a YouTube content creator, here's my content. <laughs> yeah. And that's really in line with a quote I heard uh, last summer. I was driving, I was listening to uh, listening to Bob Proctor. He's, you know, huge motivation guy and talks about creating the life you want. But he said, he he basically said it. He said, you know, it's really simple. You think of the life that you want and every single thing that you do is this, does this create that life or does it not create that life? And so, you know, if I want to, if I am expecting to be healthy and fit and run a marathon, then is this candy bar in line with that? No. And, and it, when you take it to that simple thing of, is this thing I'm doing in line with what I'm trying to do is watching six hours of TV today going to be in line with that. You know, there's times where it's great to chill and relax because we need that time. But if it's six hours every day, that's not in line. So mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'm thinking about, I think you were asking, how did it feel? What was that that first yeah. time? One thought is that if it all goes to pot, you just delete it. That's fair. Oh, yeah. That's true. There is some safety there in that, you know, nothing yeah. has to be forever. Yeah. And, you know, if you follow um, very successful um, YouTube creators, if you follow their path, some of them keep every single video, mm -hmm. which I think is really great because you can go back in time. Yeah. And you can see how they've evolved And mm -hmm. very few of these successful creators. Very few of them were awesome from the very start. Wow. Yeah. You look, you look back and, and a lot of them started off like literally in their bedroom with really bad lighting yeah, <laughs> and exactly. a bad microphone. And then as they progress, you can say, oh, they must have got a new camera for this one. Or it looks like they took a course in lighting. Yeah. Um, and so giving yourself that grace mm -hmm. to know that, okay, this first one, it might not be perfect. But if I don't do this now, I'm not going to learn how to get better. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you, you learn how to get better by doing it and making mistakes. And yeah. then fixing those mistakes. And it's, it's tricky because when you're doing that, online is like you're choosing to be willing to make the mistake in front of everybody and that is scary <laughs> exactly that's it but it's also a huge feather in your cap or a huge whatever analogy you want to use to say that it, it's an even bigger accomplishment when you do take that step yes it's it's pretty exhilarating and um so then i would watch and see how many views <laughs> Uh-huh. And and it's really interesting. Um, some of my videos have really taken off. Um, recently, I think YouTube has been promoting my videos. Um, one of them, my most popular one, has a, about 160,000 views. Wow. That is Which amazing. is really hard to wrap my brain around. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's videos out there where they have millions of views, but 
I remember when some of my videos were starting to get hundreds of views and I was thinking, right. wow, yeah, like, hundreds of people have seen this. Uh-huh. It and might cross over a thousand. And then, yeah, when it gets into a thousand, it's like, wow. So I'm picturing a stadium with a thousand people. And then there's one yeah. video I know that YouTube is promoting because some of the comments are saying YouTube re re suggested I would like this. And I'm so glad. Oh, wow. Uh, and that one, yeah, is over 150,000. And I can't even, I, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around that. Right. Um, but it's really, it's exciting and it's affirming. And with that video, honestly, there were only two what I would consider negative comments. Okay. And therefore, and they were kind of ignorant comments okay. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's been very um, affirming and very heartwarming the people who have thanked me for putting the co the content up there. Right. And I think there is that, there is that fear of the negative and there, there always will be some negative because of whatever issue is going on in that person's life or their ignorance or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, the answer to me is just, there's so much more positive that's going to drown it out. And all of a sudden, when you have 160,000 views, one negative comment is like, well, there's a lot of other people that don't, you know, I'm not putting a lot of weight on that. Exactly. And if you were doing a survey about customer response, and if it said like 99%, you know, positive response, then right. it's like, okay, I consider that a success. Definitely. Wow. Well, what's the best way for people to support you to go see your videos to like, what is it that, that, uh, that you would mean the world to you if people were, you know, picking up drumsticks and learn how to sure. drum. Well, if they were interested in checking it out, so on YouTube, it's Maria Wolf Music. So if you just search that, um, and then on my website is just mariawolf.com. Uh, those who are in the Pacific Northwest who might be interested in seeing me uh, perform, I have my performance calendar on there. Um, but yeah, if you want to like, like and subscribe to my channel, um, that would be great. Yeah, and if you have questions or if you're interested in learning drum techniques and you want a specific topic of a video just put that in a comment that would be really helpful because it helps me to know what what people want what kind of content yeah i love that you mentioned that too because i think sometimes we go through our days as people creating things it's like oh i have this plan of what i think people are going to want to see but but it's too it's easy to forget that oh you know what 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 is it that you're looking for what did you know did i miss a step or or as far as explaining because you know when you're an, an expert drummer you i mean you work with you've taught enough people that you see you know where the things are mm -hmm. but when we do things that we're good at we don't always think about the little things that make a big difference like wait can you just zoom in on how you're holding that like i can see <laughs> it but what does the back side of your hands look like or whatever it could be and it, it makes a big difference yeah. Um, and so on my channel, I have a combination of, I have like live videos of concerts. I have um, videos that I've recorded here. Um, I don't know if you call them play along ones or drum covers. And then I have lessons, how to. My lessons get five times as many views as the performance videos. So that tells me People want lessons. They want to know how. The ones that I've titled how to dot, 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 get more hits. So then that, oh, tells, wow, okay. me, that tells me if I do how-to videos or if I title them how to do this, um, there's more interest generated. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, I'm not going into this saying, I want to get as many subscribers and I want to monetize and make all this money. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking what do people want? Yeah. And so I'm happy to use those analytics to say, seems like they want more of these kind of technique videos and I'm happy, happy to make those. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, and for everybody listening, there are uh, links galore down below to make it easy to click on, finish the episode first and then go click all those links. Uh, like, share, and subscribe, because uh, I, I find that, you know, there's things that we might not think are interesting, and then we meet the person, or we, we get to know their story, and that's one of the things I love about this this show, is that, you know, I might not have ever thought about being a drummer, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you know what, there's more to this, this is kind of fun, I might want to just, you know, even if I 
don't buy a drum set necessarily. Maybe I'll buy some drumsticks and play around on a, a pan or something. But um, we, we get more interested in things and we realize how much goes in behind the scenes. Yeah. And there are so many things to be interested in. Mm -hmm. That's what's so that's why I really love. I really do love YouTube. I hope it doesn't go away. Right. And I hope they don't change their model where people have to like subscribe to it and pay for it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are so many interests out there. And that's why I guess kind of the moral of my story, um, if I had to wrap things up, like what would be my final things is really that that quote of don't ever be afraid or hesitate to tell your story or that you don't have anything to offer because you never know who's going to find that connection with you and be inspired by you. Um, we are all our, you know, our unique experience and story, for lack of a better word, is what makes us unique, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, and valuable. And the internet goes around the entire planet. And there are so many people who share the same interests in you. And so if you put yourself out there, you're going to allow them to connect with you and, and making those connections is really, really magical too. Mm -hmm. Um, I love how I've connected with people from countries all over the world. Right. Now, one thing that that makes me think about, because that kind of comes back to what you started with about this, you know, not being afraid to share your story and that that's what makes the difference. Have you found that through your videos, you're incorporating more of your story as you go? Or is that playing into um, it, even in subtle ways? My story in terms of my... Um, how I've learned the skill that I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. And people, I think that's what um, makes me somewhat different than some of the other teachers and videos I've seen. Okay. Um, I, I wanna say this the right way, but I've known people who are teachers of certain subjects um, who have always just had a handle on the topic and they don't understand when people struggle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some professors say, I don't understand why they can't get it. Like I knew yeah. this stuff when I was their age. But for me, I really started like knowing nothing and I struggled and I struggled and I pushed through and I learned this and I realized, oh, um, I'm, you know, the way I'm doing it is wrong, but if I rotate my wrist. And so in my videos, I'll say that, I'll talk about how I used to do this completely wrong. You know, I used mm -hmm. to hold it like this. And when I did, it caused that. So then I realized that if I rotate this way, it really helps. Okay. And people have commented on those specific things. Like I was doing what you were doing before. Uh -huh. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, yeah. A lot of times the lessons are like, this is how you do it. And everything is awesome. So I'm not afraid to say, this is how I, this is how bad I used to be. <laughs> right. So when I started to practice it like this, that's how I got better. Well, those, those are the things that I think make the biggest difference because you're sharing you're sharing what you learned and that's the best part of exactly. teaching. I mean, the, the way you just described that was with like certain professors and certain subjects, it just reminds me of when, you know, my, my son was in second grade and trying to learn how to read and, and he had some learning things at play. Mm -hmm. And I remember just saying to my future ex-wife, like, I don't know how to help him because I didn't, I didn't have this, I didn't have these problems and not in a way that like, like he's awful, but just that yeah, I didn't have to learn this the same way that he's going to have to learn it. So I don't know what tips to give him because that's not something that I ever did. Now there's things now he teaches me that I never learned because he, you know, he's an adult now and it's like, he's teaching me, you know, how to go out and shoot a gun and stuff. And, and I'm just like, oh, I never learned that. But when you actually can say, well, this is this is the the things I tripped up on, and look out, there's a rock there, and I'm telling you that because I tripped on it last time. Then that's where people yes. are like, oh, I got to look down. Yeah, and I think it also it's a way like if you're teaching anyone anything, you immediately can connect with your audience. It humanizes you mm -hmm. rather than being like this perfect robot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know it and then it they can maybe even trust you that much more or trust that you you can actually help them where they're at versus well this person is just perfect and and you know i can't keep up with that mm -hmm. yeah i i i've that's something i struggled with as i was getting going was i thought every video had to be perfectly rehearsed and 
And even though my brand is awkward, I'm like, I'm not trying to be that perfect thing, but I still feel like, well, there should be a certain level of, oh my gosh, my hair was off. And did they see this? And forgot to wash my glasses. And, you know, you pick apart every little thing. And and pretty soon, if, if everything is so polished, it, people can't even think, well, I'll never get to that. But if mm-hmm. if it's a situation where you're like, oh, you know what? Someone, you know, forgot to, I don't know, I always turn the wrong burner on, which is kind of scary, but <laughs> it's like someone else does that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a very good question. Um, and yeah, I think that that might be one of the things that makes me a little unique from maybe some of the other instructional videos mm-hmm. um, out there. Um, another thing I thought of, um, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, wanting things to be perfect. I want my video to be perfect, you know, before, before I post it. And um, I was given a lecture at Central Washington University earlier this year at their Women in Jazz Day. And I was talking about not fearing failure like embracing oh, failure yeah, because they're learning opportunities. You know, mm-hmm. how you don't know how to get better if you don't do it wrong. <laughs> right. Kind of thing. And someone, you know, one of the music students was saying he really wants to put together a group and he wants to play, but he feels like he's not ready. And I was saying, well, what do you fear? What's the worst thing that can happen? And he said he doesn't want to make, he's afraid if he makes a bad first impression, then he's ruined. His oh, reputation yeah, is ruined. No one will ever, say, yeah. Well, this guy can't play. He's a, and I was, you know, I can understand that, but there's also giving yourself the opportunity to improve and then show the world, yeah, but I'm getting better. Yeah, that, but yeah. I'm getting better. And I think that's one of the things I did fear with my first videos. You're asking, how did you feel? <laughs> um, my thoughts were my first impression, people who are, seeing me for the very first time, maybe that's going to get ingrained. Yeah. You have to trust that, you know what, if you just keep putting better videos out, better videos, they're not going to remember the first one they saw. They're going to remember the one that excited them the most, Mm -hmm. or maybe that looked the best. Um, Someone made a comment about my channel saying your videos are looking better and better. Oh, wow. Okay. And and I said, yeah, it's definitely been, been a learning process. Sure. And yeah, yeah if I look at my videos, they are, you know, you figure out how to do the lighting better or you get a little bit, you know, right. nicer equipment. So, yeah. And that's just a whole thing where I, I like to think that the people who are watching, because that shows that not just did they watch your one video, that they've watched several, <laughs> or they're watching along. And and it, it makes it, like you said, you're building this community. So they're like, oh, have you seen Maria's new studio? Or did you notice she put new soundboards up in the back? Or did you notice, you know, whatever x y or z thing that you that you've changed and they feel like they're they're part of it because they've been there they're like you know you you know when you meet someone they're talking about some podcast they listen to or some show they watch and they're like well i used to watch it back when and they started (laughs) telling me about you know the guys were in their garage and they were doing this and and they only had a 20 minute window or whatever because those fans are proud of how long they've been a, a part of what you're doing they're the true fans yeah they're not just the fair weather fans exactly like seahawk fans who've (laughs) been with them the whole time that's me i am uh i i'm not huge on sports but uh i'm i'm a uh when there's food at the party i'm watching the game (laughs) i i do think before we go uh people are going to be disappointed if we don't at least hear what one of your favorite childhood memories might be from hanging out (laughs) <laughs> oh boy. Okay. I don't, this... quiz. I don't I can, ask anybody I can, else some, I can tell some bad ones, Andy. Uh, I've got a beef to pick with you about one Thanksgiving, but oh. that'll be another thing. <laughs> you Uh-oh. and John, you and John teamed up on me and boy. Um, but here's one. Now this is interesting. So Dave Matthews has that line in his song, playing under the table and dreaming. Or uh-huh. just under the... <laughs> And I think about how you and I, I have so memories of you, memories of you and I on the ground because we were, we were the youngest. Yeah. Out of 13 cousins. Yeah. We were the youngest of seven. I was, so we, we were paired up. We would play together. Uh We were always like on the ground under things. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
<laughs> grandma and grandpa's house. Well, and the houses were so house. crowded. Sometimes that was the only place to retreat. To. So we would play. I I have those memories burned in my brain. We would play under the table with our little cars and trucks uh -huh. and under desks and things. Or we'd split yeah. up. I don't know why we call them offices, but your office was under the desk. My <laughs> office was under the table. That's funny. But yeah. I just, I have a lot of fond memories of our family gatherings. But I remember you and I, we were just, seem to be always on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> crawling around under tables. But I think of that when I hear Dave Matthews band sing that. I really I'm, do. I'm have to go listen to that. Yeah. That's <laughs> and it's great. just a quick line. I don't know if it's say it's playing, but it's playing under the under the table and dreaming. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It, it's funny how we could all listen to the same song in any combination of part of a line will just resonate with different people based on, and that's the beauty of music, right? It's just it hits you differently based on where your life has been. Mm -hmm. so, yes, I I have so many fond memories of same things and being at the lake. And uh, I always loved, you know, coming to the Aberdeen house because it's just like it's huge, huge. <laughs> and it was, you know, it had two sides that were, you know, matching. And yeah, uh, yeah that was but you go up one stairway on one side and come down the other. And uh, yeah, there's Pretty so much. Fun. I'm going to have to find out about this bone to pick you have with things. Uh, we'll talk off camera. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to make sure that you leave our audience with? I know you did a nice little summary earlier. Any last advice or challenges people could do to own their awkward before we go? Um, you know, just, just go for it. Just plug your nose and jump into that cold water because you know you're going to get used to it pretty darn fast. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. Well, Maria, thank you so, so very much for everything. I appreciate you coming to me to help get you to where you're at. And I, uh, you know, it, it means a lot when someone opens up and shares where they want to go. That's not anything I take lightly. And, and it's been fun and challenging and cool just to see you piece it all together because you didn't waste any time just making it happen and it was like wow this is with with other things going on in life like we all have where it's like you know what this week this is getting pushed back because this came up and whatever and yet uh look at it's hard to believe that was a couple of years ago yeah yeah you just gotta start just gotta start doing it and it really does help whether it's a professional life coach or just a friend um you know when you you talk about it it starts to become a reality yeah and just start doing it. If you want to be a professional, whatever, just start doing what a professional whatever does, you know, dress appropriately, make those connections, mm -hmm. do pretend anything, you know, just, just go for it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Everybody else, be sure that once you go follow all of Maria's stuff and watch her videos and pick up a pair of drumsticks for fun and see where you take it, then go out and own your awkward. Right. Thanks, Andy. Thank you so much for listening in for today's show. Be sure to visit awkwardcareer.com to continue your journey. And of course, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends so they can find their awkward side and learn how to own it. 